Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I am a feminist, but last time I met up with Deborah, I was wearing a new top, and every fifth minute I felt desperate for her to mention that I looked pretty. <laughs> okay. I'm a feminist, but some days my life doesn't even pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> Speaking of which... <laughs> I'm a feminist, but when I once noticed a guy I fancied standing behind me in the queue in Subway, I put on a little girl voice and twirled my hair around my finger. <laughs> I'm a feminist, and I passionately believe in the body positive movement, but I also really, really want to look good sitting down naked. <laughs> I am a feminist... But in my last relationship, I fought to keep up the illusion that women are magical angel fairies by never shitting in his toilet. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but when I was choosing my last headshot, I showed one to my husband and said, does this look a bit Dove campaign for real beauty? <laughs> and he said, no, darling, you look lovely. And I thought, that campaign's failed. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I laughed at that. <laughs> I am a feminist, but the last time I went to meet an ex-boyfriend, I wore a top with a very deep cleavage, which is why I needed Deborah to tell me it looked pretty. <laughs> it really did, though. It Thank you. So you should great. have maybe mentioned that. <laughs> I know it did. It looks so great, and you look so great tonight as well. Thank you. I love that. There's I no one that. in that I need to impress, so it's fine. Doesn't well, matter. This, I'm it's here. You. What do you mean there's no one in you need to impress? No what man. about me? No what man am I, chocolate liver? Like, what, why is it better to impress a man than me? 
I'm a feminist, but I'm going to have a fight with my guilty <laughs> feminist about how my value in life. Um, I'm a feminist. I'm a feminist, and I think catcalling is sexually aggressive and wrong. But I am still capable of hearing "Hey, sexy," and in one clear thought, thinking that's terrible. Still got it. <laughs> I am a feminist, but I once said to a man, "What do I need to change about myself to make you love me?" <laughs> Yeah, we'll end on that one then. <laughs> Live from London's West End, the Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with Sophie Hagen and Deborah Francis White. And tonight's special guest, Shapiko Sandy. The theme today is nudity on The Guilty Feminist. And Sophie and I challenged each other and ourselves uh, to do things outside of our comfort zones. Uh, so, Sophie, what was your nudity challenge? <clears throat> Let me just start by saying we had a very casual conversation about this topic, and we would kind of say we could, I guess, we could challenge each other. We could, I don't know, like Deborah said, I could do this life drawing thing, and I don't know, like have thirty strangers paint me nude, and and I said, yeah, maybe, uh, and then we. I got a text the next day from Deborah basically saying, yeah, I ran out and had 30 people draw me naked. That's not what happened. Basically, and then this I was like, lie. so I now have to do my challenge. So that was not just a joke we had. So now I had to do mine. She did have to do a challenge because I did. I d went ahead with my so challenge. so quickly. Like, <laughs> so quickly. It wasn't that fast for me. Because then I couldn't be like, hey, do you want to not do the challenge? It's really <laughs> challenging. It's oh really my. challenging. Look, the challenge happened at me. Uh, that, it happened to, do you want me to talk about my challenge first you know in that what? case? I, I would love to first hear your relationship with nudity and your body. Okay, all right. Um, it's not great, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I'm not a naked person. I just, I just feel exposed if I'm naked. So I'm the kind of person that will get out of the shower and I have a robe on a hook. Like, I'm home alone, gang. I'm home alone, but I'll get out, I'll pass the mirror, and I'll try not to see myself out of my peripheral vision, grab that robe, put it on, and put it around me. I do not shower at the gym. I just go home after the gym. I just go... I and shower at home. I, yeah, if, you know, if just I can... <laughs> yes, I do shower at home. It's very... Hygiene is very important. Sometimes with my clothes on, whatever. Um, but... I don't walk around at home naked like some people do. Some people go, oh, isn't it great to just walk around naked? No. You, you're scared of being ugly naked guy. I'm scared of being ugly naked guy. I'm scared of, uh, in Friends, that's a Friends reference if you've never seen it, uh, of somebody looking in the window. I just know it's just, it's not anyone else seeing me. It's just the feeling of being naked. It just makes me feel a bit exposed and I think I notice my flaws more. And, I, and I'm angry with myself as a feminist for thinking they're flaws. They're mm. not flaws. My legs aren't flaws, they're legs. But I was very addicted to Trini and Susanna in the noughties and they constantly told you how to hide your flaws. Mm. And they, so they would say, like, I'm a cello in the Trini and Susanna shape Bible. And all the famous cellos are black. I have a, I've got, a, I've got a, like a black girl's body. Is that the same and as pear? No. I only fuck know pear and apple. Don't. <laughs> What's the difference? How dare you? What is cello like that? that I'm a pear. What's the difference then? A cello? Look at 
look at the cello. A cello is in no, but what, Is that a part of the apple pear cello? Which would not make sense. Or no, is they're it? not all fruit in Trini and Susanna. They're not all fruit. They've got a column. They've got a but an hourglass. They've got a. They've. I don't think they do a pear. They definitely do an apple. What am they're I then? Like I, they're much more banana. I don't know. Um, a drum. Am I a big drum? What am I? <laughs> I don't know. I have to look. I'd have to look at the Bible. I haven't looked for a long time. But uh, yeah. So when I. Watch when I when I when I looked at the Trini and Susanna Bible, it would always say, "If you're a cello, this is how to look more like a column with your clothes, and if you're a column, this is how to look more like an hourglass." And it would always be trying to look like a thing you weren't. And I, I think for many years, I was fed a diet of uh, cover your flaws with clothes. And I really would like to get to a place where I go, take off the clothes, and. And and see what's there, like and and it, why is it a flaw to have hips and a bum and thighs? It's not a flaw. Then, I mean, and I, it's just <coughs> a bum. I, I apologize for my the language I'm about to use, but then <laughs> how the fuck did you do your challenge? Then I struggled, uh, obviously. Uh, so this is the this is this. Do you want to hear about my yeah, challenge? I okay. want to hear about it. So I said to Sophie. Uh, I would, I maybe what I could do as a nudity challenge is uh, be a life drawing model. So that means you go to an art class, you take your clothes off, and all of the artists draw you. Now I didn't mean that. Um, that was obviously just a thing to say to sound impressive in at the meeting. Okay. That I thought, you know, in a meeting, you think, what can I say that sounds really good? And so I said that. Now then I went home and I thought that would be very hard gig to get. It's not like those jobs are going to go all over the place, left, right, and centre, are they? So I just signed up to this website. I think it's a website so that to make sure your booking. Is kosher, um, so that you don't end up in a creepy basement with a man going, "Yes, I'm an artist." Um, <laughs> why, why, why don't you ha why don't you have an easel, sir? Oh, the art's in my head. Um, I can see it now. So just bend over. Uh, so I, so I know that's why that's why I joined the website, guys. So that didn't happen. So I signed up to this website, and they emailed me saying, "You've got an audition. You've got to audition." And I didn't want to do that, so I just ignored it and thought I'd just say to Sophie, "Oh, I tried, and it didn't happen." And then, <laughs> genuinely, I mean, that's no, I did. I thought well, just just ignore it. Just pretend you didn't sign up to that website. Anyway, then I got a call from a lady going, "You can audition either this Wednesday night or next Wednesday night." And then she was on the phone, and then I felt like I would have to. Just go, I don't want to do this challenge and lie. So I thought, well, this challenge is now coming at me. I have to do it because it's really embarrassing to say I just didn't. And eventually I just got an email back saying, come next Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9.30 to a room across the road from Holloway Prison. <laughs> Bring a robe. And I thought, oh, that's odd. And when I got there, another lady was there and she led me into a loo and said, just strip off except for your dressing gown and then come through. So I went through into this other room There was a plinth in this room and there was a beautiful, beautiful young woman there who was 20 years old. She was sitting naked, draped so artistically on this long stool and she had down her body the most elegant tattoos I'd ever seen, just spaced, beautiful, glamorous tattoos and these long golden locks flowing over her shoulders and there were about sort of 20 people all sketching her and drawing her. And then the very sweet lady turned to me and said, would you like to take your robe off? <laughs> and I just thought, no. No, I wouldn't. I would, I would hate to take my robe off. Nobody told me there was going to be this incredibly glamorous, beautiful young woman that I had to stand next to naked. I'm sure I would have remembered that. Um, I just thought, what am I going to do? And then you, social embarrassment means you just do it, don't you? It would be so much worse to leave than to do it at that point. So I took my robe off and I sort of stood with my 
my, my front to the women and my back to the men because that's the way the room was divided. And I thought, okay, I'm naked. They're not. That's all right. That's all right. They're naked. I'm not, I'm not naked, but you know, nothing's, nothing's changed. No one seemed to react. No one raised an eyebrow. Nobody changed at all. Nothing's happened, and I'm still naked. Oh, I'm naked, still naked. Okay, this is all right. The worst bit is actually getting the robe off, apparently. It's worse. And then about five minutes went by, and the lady said, um, okay, we're going to switch poses now. Deborah, maybe you'd like to lie down. And I was like, what do you mean lie down? And she was like, she dragged this mattress across the room, threw a piece of velvet across it, and said, recline. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, reclining. And it was right in front of the men. And because that's just where the spot was, not deliberately. So I sort of got down in a sort of way of trying to kind of cover myself as I got down. And then when I lay down, I just thought, okay, okay, you're just going to have to do this. So I just went the full Kate Winslet Titanic. I put my hands behind my head because I thought, you know, the breasts look perky and the stomach goes in. I put my arms, uh, I put my arms behind my head and I sort of put my knees up because I thought that sort of was a sort of, it felt discreet without being embarrassed, do you know what I mean? And I just lay there, full out, open, tits out. Yeah, Jack, paint me like one of your French girls. <laughs> I was just like, fuck yeah. But the thing is, the more I lay in that power pose, which is what it was, the more empowered I became and the more exciting it was. And it was actually genuinely thrilling. And I just thought, I'm definitely doing this again. This is absolutely brilliant. And then they said, OK, switch poses after about half an hour. Switch poses. You sit on the stool. And I went, oh, no, because sitting... I mean, who looks good sitting down naked? It's not... It's bad. It's terrible. So I... <laughs> Sophie, Sophie, for, for the podcast listeners at home, Sophie is putting her hand up. <laughs> Arrogantly. So I, so I leant... I crossed my legs and I leant over and I hid my tits and my, my stomach because I thought, well, they're not going to look as... you know. And I'm just, oh, no... And then I sat there for 20 minutes and it was dreadful because it was a shame pose. And it was saying, I'd rather be covered, but I have to show you. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm basically doing nakedness badly. I'm pretending I'm not naked. And I'd rather you didn't see. And that felt miserable. Um, and so I thought, right, I'm never doing that again. When we move poses again, I'm not doing Because I had to sit there for 20 minutes. I desperately wanted to move and go, okay, it's all right. Just see it. Just look at it. Yes, my stomach is not concave. Okay, look at it, stare at it, draw it, record it. Um, but I thought I can't. I've just stuck like this, and it was real. It was really a, like a, a learning pose. But what was weird is as I was sitting there, my eyes could move, and I looked down, and I saw a picture on the ground that someone had drawn, and it was a picture of a of a woman lying down. And I went, oh, she's got a nice figure, and I realised it was me. It was such a revelation. Yeah, it was. It was. I just went, oh, that's that's me, and I've got it. If you want to see it. Um, so now, uh, Standard Issue has put these pictures up. So if you're <coughs> if you're podcasting from home, you can look mm -hmm. on Standard Issue um, under my guilty feminist uh, uh, nudity column. So this is the picture that I saw. Now, some people are looking at me like it's not that nice a figure, <laughs> but it's nicer than I thought it was going to be, and I think that's what we need to take into account. You know what, um, no one's looking at you like that. Like, not a single person thought it's not a nice figure. That's in your head. Well, not right. a single person thinks that. Put your hand up if you thought it's not as nice as I thought it was going to be. You built it up too much. No, they're See, not going to say that. Okay, uh, so that was, and I thought that, no, and I was like, oh, wow. But then they said, we had a cup of tea and a bun, and that was weird, to be honest. <laughs> it was like, slip, slip your robes up, slip your robe on and have a hobnob. <laughs> and I was like, I don't really want to have a hobnob with anyone here, to be honest with you, except Lucy, who was the other model. Um, I was happy to have a hobnob with the naked person, not really the clothes people. Um, and in fact, I think Lucy's in tonight. Lucy, are you in? Yes, I am. 
Yay! There's Lucy. There's Lucy. And uh, uh, so, uh, Lucy, you will see in a bit um, why I was intimidated. But she was so lovely to me, and she said she was doing it because she was an art history student. Is that okay to say? Uh, then they said, we want to draw you comparatively. So they'd been doing alternative... You know, different people had been drawing one or the other of us while we'd been posing. They said, we want to draw a two. And I just thought, oh, my God, I'm not on for that, actually. Because now I have to sit on a chair. Just both of us had to sit neutrally on a chair, staring ahead. And they're going to draw us comparatively. And I just thought, she's 20. She must be half my size. And now, instead of seeing that and thinking, oh, that's quite nice, there's going to be a picture of me like that and a picture of what looks like a Lego doll next to me. <laughs> like a Barbie. And I'm like, oh, bloody hell. But I thought, I can't say no again. You just can't. It's just too embarrassing to say, I don't want that. So I sat there, and I didn't cover myself because I'd learnt not to do that. And I just sat there feeling really miserable. And I just thought, well, just don't look at the pictures because that'll upset you. And I thought, that's not the challenge. The challenge is not don't look at the pictures. The challenge is be happy with how you are. And I thought, well, I'm not happy with how I am. So what? And I looked down, and I saw this picture of the two of us. And I was really shocked because whoever had drawn us had drawn us basically the same. And I thought, that person is obviously bad at perspective. <laughs> and then I went round the room, and I forced myself then to look at the others, and everyone had drawn us about the same size. And I thought, well, maybe I'm bad at perspective. And maybe I don't see myself the way other people see me. I mean, the thing is, I mean, I think I almost want to measure me in Lucy just to demonstrate that I'm right. Um, but I don't want to at the same time, because I feel it will make her feel uncomfortable as my guest. <laughs> So uh, this is The Guilty Feminist. Um, now, this is our very first one. This is our inaugural one. So when we're bigger than Lena Dunham, you can say... I was there when you could get a ticket. To be honest with you, because you're our inaugural audience, if any of you want a ticket for the really big ones, you know, when it's the O2 and people are queuing for 48 hours overnight to get a ticket to The Guilty Feminist, if you DM me on Twitter and say, inaugural audience, I will always make sure you're in the front row. That's right. That's right. This spot here, sir, what's your name? Fumi, yep. this spot is always yours, Fumi. Okay, always. Uh, but the thing is, Fumi, you can't really be a guilty feminist. We can be a guilty feminist. All you can be, Fumi, as a man, is a smug feminist. <laughs> it's so true. If men, when men tell you they're a feminist, they tell you, like, you know, I've done the washing up. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. I'm a feminist. It's a bolt-on for me. Don't have to be. Just am. Do you know why? Because I love the ladies. Because <laughs> here's the thing: is when you did, you did your, to me. Because I was on the outside, I didn't follow all your thoughts about this nudity thing. So to, to me, it was like within 30 seconds, you just ripped off your clothes and ran in between 30 drawers and just like. Bruh! So I was like, holy... F I did mine... You did yours, what, like, a month ago? Mm -hmm. I did mine yesterday. <laughs> she did cut it close to the wire, listeners. I was, and I was, like, doing my phone calls on Sunday because my, my challenge was to um, have a boudoir photo taken, a nudie pic, and uh, so I did my calls on Sunday going, listen, if you can... If you can make it before Wednesday, that would be really good. I mean, I totally get it if you can't. I mean, I'll just have to do something else. <laughs> but then I found this website. They're called uh, Carlo and Fabi, uh, this Italian couple who are absolutely amazing. And their whole website kind of promoted body image and how, the, you know, curves. And uh, they have this whole campaign called uh, uh, Untouched, uh, Unretouched Beauty, where they don't retouch the photos, which is in itself sounds terrifying. 
and um, and I called them, and uh, and uh, and he was really lovely. Carlo called me, and he guided me through it. And I explained to him um, that it was not to me nudity is not about like the terrifying thing for me has never really been boobs or vagina. It's been because um, it's, it's looks quite it's fine. And uh, <laughs> if I have to say so myself, and I do, because <laughs> I couldn't get anyone to quote. Um, <laughs> I said so. I said for me, it's a stomach. Like that's my weak part. That's the that's the like the, the harsh thing. Like if I'm if if I'm ever naked with a guy, it would be fun to try. When when I'm naked with a guy, I will um, like take like parts of my top off, like down below my breasts, and I'll like pull up my skirt. So I'll cover my stomach with the piece of clothing, which they don't mind. <laughs> that's not the part they usually want to see. <laughs> But my stomach's the weak point. I, I found out that men, when they're interested in me, they'll like subconsciously like just touch my stomach, and I get really like, <gasps> oh no, he's touching my stomach. And and I'm quite body positive. I talk a lot about body image on stage, so it's quite hard for me to tell this guy. I feel weird about my stomach, but I want a photo where I show my stomach. That's the whole point: is being having a nude stomach in front of strangers and having. And having the photo taken. And these are some of the thoughts I had before I did the challenge, and I apologize. Um, the first thing I thought was, uh, it, was it was Sunday, and I thought, oh, so I probably shouldn't eat anything till Tuesday. <laughs> My first thought, I was like, well, you, what kind of a body activist are you? Then I thought, you know what? Because I was panicking. I thought, you know what? Fuck Deborah. She's probably re she probably loves herself, and she's just doing this to punish me. <laughs> there probably won't even be a podcast. <laughs> she just wants me to suffer. <laughs> Why does she hate me? And then I thought, can I wear my slippers in a nude shot? Because <laughs> I like my slippers, and it would make me feel more comfy. And then I thought, which I think is quite interesting, I thought, how can I make the shot funny? I consider drawing a face on my stomach. <laughs> which is, I think, is like psychologically, it's really interesting why, why I couldn't just be like a nude woman. I had to be the comedian about it. Then I thought, because the photo shoot was at 9.30, and I thought, can I get drunk at 9 a.m.? <laughs> then I thought, should I shave my thighs? And then I thought, uh, after the shot, I thought I probably should have shaved my thighs. <laughs> How do you do that? If they're wobbly, it's really hard. Anyway, so I did. I went there, and they, they were very nice. These guys are used to um, taking photos of women who, who, who are not that comfortable with their bodies, which a lot of women, unfortunately, aren't. They were very, very nice. We took it very slowly. Um, it, was, it, was, it was really interesting. I felt, I don't think I ever felt 100% comfortable, but that's... Not on them. That's me being naked in front of people, and it was weird, and and it was a lot of focus on like being feminine and being a woman, and I'm not comfortable with that either. But I have the photo, and I'll. Sh <clears throat> I had to choose a photo this morning, and uh, I wanted to choose the photo with the most stomach, because as I said, that's the most important thing. Uh, so I found the one, even the one that had the most stomach didn't have enough stomach, and. None of the photos had enough because it, we never did that full. I, I talked to them about it afterwards, and I said, do you, "Do you often get people who say, you know, oh, I just just show everything, and then when you do that, they get sad?" And they said, "Yeah, all the time, all the time, people will say just yeah." And, but then as soon as they show them the photos, the women will be really sad and say, I, "You know, oh, I don't. Can you cover that up?" Uh, so they, you know, that was how the pictures came out. It's still quite, it's unretouched. 
Just saying. It's very beautiful. It I'm is, looking at it. You know what? The I'll show you. Don't, don't worry, guys. Just keep. Don't take any photos. And yeah, <laughs> what I want to say is. What I'm the most embarrassed about, I actually don't mind the stomach. What I, I'm embarrassed about is that they made me, like, I'm looking down, like, in, like, this really, like, <laughs> what do you call that pose? Like, really, like, oh, just it's dreamy in a futon and <laughs> <laughs> in the sun being all nude wait, waiting for my husband. I, I, would, I would call it coy, coy mermaid. <laughs> yes, and I've, I am not that. <laughs> No, so it's I'll not really a pose I've ever seen you do no, when we've had no. when we've caught up for brunch. I'll be honest. <laughs> Same clothes though. <laughs> I think mm. what you did was so much more exposing. I cannot even begin. I would not. But I didn't show everything. That would have been. Yes, but I was in a room full of strangers, and it's really hard to capture everything on with charcoal, isn't it? They're amateur artists with charcoal. It would be really mean if they started doing like scars and stretch marks. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't even draw Lucy's tattoos. They're just not. They don't have that kind of time. Um, so it's. I thought it was scary because I was asked questions like, "Do you have anything you want to hide?" Like you, I was doing the unretouched thing, but they were like, "Should we hide you?" I have a lot of scars on my knees, so like, should we hide them? But when I saw the photos, I was like, "I love that you can see the scar." Did you notice? Like, I wore my slippers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that, that's just the photo as it was. Yeah, that's, that's how I look. It was incredible. <laughs> It's, it was, it was, uh, I'm happy I did it, um, and I can recommend it. I'm excited about this, I'm excited about feminism because um, I'm a woman, and I'm a woman who sometimes say things on the internet. I know, <laughs> that's a risk, isn't it? I found out this week, and I, I, I've lived in your country about three years, and this is the week I found out the main difference between like uh, like you regular YouTube commenters and the Guardian commentators, <laughs> holy shit, <laughs> right? So regular YouTube comments on uh, on every single thing I ever do on YouTube will be something like um, <clears throat> "You're fat," or "You're fat," <laughs> and then nothing more. English is not my first language, but I'm pretty sure that's not. Not correct. It needs to be, what is it about my fat that interests you? And I'm pretty sure Y is capital. It doesn't matter, but... So, you know, they like to tell me that, in case I hadn't noticed, I'm fat. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, like I hadn't been told that from the age of eight, because I'm a human. And in this world... Oh, uh, one of them, my, my favorite YouTube comment, I actually thought was quite clever. It was the same topic, but it was... Uh, it was one word, spelled with the capital first letter and a period mark at the end, which makes it classy. <laughs> it just said the word Snorlax. Does, does anyone know? Do you know? Yeah. Yes, it's the fat Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. I don't care what you say. Because I had to Google it. I had, I had to research my own like online abuse. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Snorlax. Oh, I bet that's a compliment. <laughs> You're like, oh, it sleeps 23 hours a day and only eats. And I think it has, does it have like a, like, like it doesn't have a hand, it has like a, a fork for a hand or something like that. It's like the most amazing Pokemon. I didn't know it existed. I only know Pikachu because I'm not a, f a, f a fucking moron. But <laughs> So I, I did, uh, the Guardian interviewed me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's fine. It's fine. I'm just, I'm just really famous now. And, um, uh, <laughs> and uh, so I was like, oh, I'll read the comments because that can't be bad. 
right? It's the Guardian. It's the guy. Oh, you all knew. I had no idea. I thought they'll be nice and they'll be like, oh, that's wonderful. She speaks the second language. How we should all be like that. I assumed that. <laughs> this is what a man said. <laughs> he said, sure, her material is funny, but you can sense an underlying sadness. <laughs> between, hey, you're, you're fat, and then, remember when your dad left? <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Shall we bring Shappy on? I think we should. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Shappy Kosandi! Chappie, I we feel like I know you all already. I've been staring at the backs of your head. You're so pretty. Chappie, you, you, uh, you've done that life drawing thing. How do you feel about nudity in general? Well, I did like life modelling paid the rent before stand-up paid the rent. And I How long did you do it, Chappie? <laughs> 15 years. <laughs> Seriously, 15 I'm years of your life. You were a professional life model. Yes. Wow. So you must have been very comfortable with your body. Well... Um, what happened with me was I wanted to be a stand-up and I worked in a call centre. So what I did was I just lived at the comedy clubs. I just went to comedy clubs all the time, every night. And um, my brother had a very beautiful actress girlfriend who was a life model. And one day she couldn't make a session. And mm. she said, can you go instead of me? And I went, oh, my God, naked, are you joking? Sophie, totally related with the stomach thing. Because I, I never used to let, like, I used to not enjoy myself during sex because the whole, it was all about a battle to avoid them touching my stomach. And I used to be a lot bigger than I am. I, I used to be, like, big enough to, well, I went to a party at university and someone said, is Shappy here? And I heard whoever they asked, that, oh, is that the fat Asian girl, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I was big enough to have men call out in the street, oi, fat so, oi, lump of lard, incredible bulk, all that. So anyway, I said, I will do it in her stead. And when the day came around, I freaked out because I don't, did, never did nudity. I used to dread the summer, absolutely dread the summer. Um, and my brother said, if you can get naked in front of a room full of strangers, then you can do stand-up comedy. And I was like, ah, la, la, la. Um, and so I did. And the thing is, they didn't specify bring a robe. First time I did it, <laughs> I didn't take a robe. And when you don't take a robe, in the breaks, you're just the naked person. <laughs> 
what I found about life modeling is um, if they're not drawing you, at all other times, it's entirely inappropriate to be naked. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like if you're a stand-up and the audience aren't listening. You're just a mad woman in a corridor <laughs> shouting. Um, so it, it, it really, really helped with all that kind of stuff. And the book, but for me, with body and stuff, I think what kept me... Um, exercise when I was in my 30s I discovered that this this can move a little bit faster than I had been moving it um I went through divorce I don't know if I've ever mentioned that um but but the thing that kept me sane was running through Richmond Park I started off with Zumba I'd never exercised in my life I went to Zumba and then after a while it was like oh my god your fitness goes up a bit and when I started exercising I um I had a, a renewed respect for my body and it became about, wow, you can do this. You can run 10K. You can do a half marathon. Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. I don't care if you think my ass is fat or sailing or anything. And I stopped sort of being so proud. This is, this is my guilty feminist thing. I don't have any stretch marks and I've got two children. And I would parade around like the boyfriend I had, like waiting for him to notice that I don't have stretch marks. <laughs> and he didn't have kids. And he never slept with someone who'd had them and he didn't know it was a big deal. And I'm horrified that it mattered to me that this same boyfriend, I was at the Edinburgh Festival, so I'd had my boy and I'd been running a lot and exercising and I took my clothes off and he went, um, I can't do Australian accents. Will you do this? for me yes I will okay so if you can say fuck you're in good nick fuck you're in good nick and I shagged a 19 year old this year and I shagged a 19 year old this year so the fact that I continued a relationship with that man is something I feel horribly guilty about but I felt a little bit proud like yeah I'm as hot as a 19 year old and I'm 38 yeah, then I had my daughter. Yeah. Didn't ping back into shape the second time. I don't resent her. She's worth it. She's cute. But no, I was really horrified because I thought, I'm over it. I'm over it. I don't give a shit. I'm a runner. I don't care what I look like. My body is my body and it, and it does stuff. It runs. It has babies and it does all that. And then... Um, with my daughter, the pregnancy wasn't as much fun because I was single. That was, that was nice. And... Um, <laughs> And then when she came out, it didn't, it didn't go back. The belly never went back. And people, people had two babies. They went to me, ah, you see. <laughs> it's very different. The second one, and I had a cesarean as well. And they went, ah, you see. <laughs> and, um, and I've had to deal with postpartum body and reading articles on the internet about dealing with your postpartum body. Still there's stretch marks, though. Can I stress that? <laughs> but, the, but the belly won't. It's just not. My shape's changed. And that's it. That's all right. That's all right. Did your did your body confidence get better and better the more you did life drawing or yeah did you help, no, help yeah it? oh I couldn't give a monkey's about nudity now I could get naked now in front of you I don't care I don't mm -hmm. care it's I'm absolutely fine with nudity and other people aren't and I have to remember to put clothes on in my house when the delivery man comes I don't care I I I can't express how much I don't care anymore. And I tend to have boyfriends who are a lot younger than me only because they're the ones that go out. <laughs> you know? Um, and and I, I am aware that they're probably, you know, let's say my boyfriend is a lot younger than me and his all of his girlfriends have been in their 20s and I have to sort of just go, well, that's okay. And realising that it's, it's not a flat tummy <laughs> that, that men fall in love with. <laughs> It's happened too often.
often in my life. I think I went through a very weird five-year patch um, between when I um, separated from my husband and to when I started to behave appropriately again. Because <laughs> <laughs> for five years, I don't think I behaved appropriately. And in that five years, I had bizarre encounters and relationships with guys who sent me pictures of their erect penises. Yes, <gasps> this is a and really weird thing. And these pictures would arrive out the blue. You know, I, I would be washing the dishes or... Or, you know, playing with my, my child and a, an erect penis would come in. <laughs> and I just don't know on, on what planet they felt that's going to make me drop everything, run to the bathroom and have a moment with myself. Because that never happens. It's I not absolutely an erotic thing. agree. I think if they sent a picture of themselves like in a, in a well-cut suit... Yeah. With, a, yes. with a French cigarette. <laughs> or opening a door for an old lady in a, in a naval uniform. Or sort of... I don't know, in a kilt with a puppy. <laughs> that would be that would be or more porno- that would be more pornographic for me yeah. than just a cock. It's just like it's just there's just gotta be a story or something. It can't just be or an idea, a concept, but I just think for me, porn really has to involve some tailoring. But if they send if they send it uninvited, it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with what you think and what they want you to do. If it's uninvited out of the blue, usually they just want you to see it. It's it's like uh what do you call like the men on the tube or the bus who'll just like a flash pop it out. Yeah, that one of those. It's like that. It's just they just want to know that you've seen the penis. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I was no, but I, I just I, I was I I for some reason receive a, a lot of them, and I was al- almost jealous that yours were all erect. <laughs> I've gotten <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten flaccid penises. Yours not even bothered. Yeah, no, no, that is such a discourtesy. That's disrespectful. <laughs> Talk about morning. inappropriate behaviour. I <laughs> went oh out with God. a girl. We didn't send each other sexy photos, though. And, like, it, it would have been really odd, I think, if she'd sent me a picture of her tits. Because as women, you don't... I felt, in my relationships with women, we don't objectify each other in that way. Oh, <laughs> she's coming out. I'm bringing those tits. Oh, I'm going to put my face in those tits and go... It was great and it was hot, but suddenly those rules, <laughs> those rules that that I'd had in heterosexual relationships didn't apply anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, didn't sort of come out in lingerie, like <laughs> stockings and suspenders or anything like that. It would have been really odd. I found out going out with a woman that I find soft cotton Marks and Spencer's pyjamas really erotic oh. yes the slippers <laughs> this, I genuinely that hashtag slippers genuinely I agree with that but it's, it's, it's interesting because we had a, we, we're running out of time but this relates to the topic we, one of the topics we wanted to discuss which is how women like the female body is sexy and the male body naked is really funny this is why I went to one hen night when I was 21 I've never been to a hen night since like my dearest friends have written to me and gone, listen, Shabby, it's not that kind of hen night. I'm like, no, is it going to be a bunch of girls celebrating your last night of freedom? I can't come. I'm sorry, I really can't. And it was because I was scarred by a hen night so badly. I was um, in this um, 
in this bar before mobile phones there are these bars where you could call other tables yeah. and it was like the sexiest thing to ring up and go hello or fancy your mate right I was on at a table with all these girls on henna and often at a henna you don't know the other girls they're strangers to you that you'll like have to have a laugh with and um Every single one of those girls at the table got a call from a guy from another table, except for me. There was a girl who was eight months pregnant. She got a guy call. I became this weird secretary, receptionist, oh. picking up the phone. And then after that, we went to this club where this, this naked person called Red Electric came on and he took all his clothes off and his hands his body was all oiled and out of everyone I was the one that was least I wasn't I was just standing there going I can't cope with this I want to go home when is it like polite to just go home he grabbed my hands and rubbed them over his oiled buttocks oh. against my will now I, I have obsessive compulsive disorder issues right and the whole time I'm thinking what strength of bleach is going to sort my hands out after this and I, and I burst out crying it was just the worst thing ever and I, I just don't do nakedness in con I can't look at someone naked and go for it's just weird for me anyway thank you for coming to <laughs> this uh, the one just one quick thing I wanted to ask you about, because I'm really surprised that both of you said that you, and I didn't know this, I kind of didn't know this about other women, that you didn't, you, you have in the past or now feel not comfortable having sex without your clothes on and that you want a bit of something covered, because I've had that a lot and I thought I was odd. <coughs> can I just ask the audience, <laughs> genuinely, can everyone close their eyes, just close your eyes, if... If women, if you feel, if you've ever felt that feeling of wanting to have a bit of lingerie or something covering a bit that you didn't like, if you've ever felt that in bed, could you just um, just go mmm? Mm. Wow. If you've never had that, could you go mmm, women? Mm. Okay, interesting. Men, if you've ever had, I want to cover up a bit of my body, could you go mmm? Any man. <laughs> okay, well that's interesting. That's that's really really interesting. That was the so. Swearing, yeah, because I didn't know that about other women. I thought, I thought I'm, I'm a bit odd like that, and and I've sort of learnt to do it. And sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. And sometimes I think, oh, it's going to be odd if I don't, and all that kind of thing. But and sometimes you feel you don't care as much. But the fact that every woman in this room, by one, has had that experience of it would be, could I just keep something over this bit, or could I keep my nighty on and just sort of pull the sleeves so you can you can touch my breasts and you can feel underneath, but you don't need to see everything, do you? Um, for this to be enjoyable is very very interesting to me, and I feel like it's brand new information. And when this goes out, when this podcast goes out, I bet we'll get a lot of tweets of women mm. saying thanks for saying that. So thank and you, please audience. Do, and please do for the people listening, please do tweet us. We'll we'll create like a Twitter account and we'll. We would love to hear from everyone. Uh, a massive thank you to Shabika Sandy. Yay! Very kind. Yay! Thank you so much for coming. Let's uh, have some questions from the audience. Lady in the front row. Oh, front row. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, I did so really quick. I feel so guilty. About oh God, I feel really guilty now. I've said front row, and you've said back. We are going to say back, and then we'll. Okay. Maybe it's the same question. Oh, God. <laughs> isn't that that's so women isn't it let's hope, let's hope we're saying the same question and then no one's lost Sorry. yeah but if we're all walking around feeling guilty guilty feminists and we're bringing up daughters and sons and um, you said the next generation hopefully won't feel like this but they're seeing us 
acting like this and talking about this and how do we make sure that they don't grow up to be you mum yeah right so when you have a toddler you 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 are there's no one on earth that toddler would rather be with <gasps> tell them about the christmas list i saw this on facebook it's the most incredible thing oh. Tell her, tell them, tell them now, tell them now. It's amazing. My, my eight-year-old boy, just to give you an... Okay. Okay, oh my gosh. Okay, I might, I, might, I might claw my face off while I tell you this, but when he was three and a half and I was going through an incredibly stressful time, did I mention I'm divorced? Um, <laughs> I screamed at him as I got him ready for nursery because he was being three and a half, right? And I screamed at him and he went, you're not angry with me, you're angry with something else, but only I'm here. Oh. <laughs> right? I, I've lost about 10 years of my life, I think, that moment. No, he wrote a Christmas list. I was like, what have you written? Is it an Xbox? Is it? And he wrote, you know, tickets to a football match, a new dressing gown. Because <laughs> his dressing gown's still got, like, bunny ears, and at eight he feels he's too old. And then, he's, and then number six was you to stay off your phone for a whole day. And then at the bottom of the page he wrote, in, in a little asterisk, he wrote, number six is the only one I really, really want. <laughs> So I've come off Twitter. Oh, Shappy. The What I loved about it, though, was then she took a picture of that Santa list and then she put it on Facebook and wrote underneath, I've immediately gone on my phone to share this. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think the answer to that question Sometimes is... Sometimes you should feel guilty. <laughs> but... <laughs> oh! Oh! listening to the Guilty Feminist podcast. Our next uh, recording will happen on January 20th at the Rada Studios. Please come and join us uh, for an episode on food and an episode on apologising. Please join us live at the Rada Studios in London. Uh, we need some challenges for those. We do. Uh, I was thinking, let's do the food one first. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how you usually eat. Do you... <laughs> Do you keep yourself occupied as you eat? Do you do other stuff while you eat? Yes, I do. For a week, you cannot do anything else whilst eating. I know exactly how hard this is. I've never, ever eaten without. I will without. try to do that. Um, okay, does anyone have a challenge for Sophie for food in this audience that they think would be a good challenge? Because mine would be to go and sort of order three things off the dessert trolley and just eat them and enjoy I them. I take it. No. <laughs> <laughs> challenge, yes. Lady in the front row. This sounds really bad. Do you master date? Masturdate. <laughs> Masturdate. It What's means that? to go to a restaurant by yourself and to sit and willingly eat a lovely three-course meal in a restaurant without another person there. <gasps> yes, I do do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, actually? Maybe maybe that's... Do you do that? Is that a fear for you? That The eating in public and stuff? Uh, yeah, it's... So it's maybe we should just change challenges. Maybe I should do the mindfulness. Cause that's, that's, probably my, that's probably why I right, told it you to do you. You do Because that was my uh, biggest all right, fear. All right, you do mindfulness... Fuck. And I will go and sit and eat cake. I've really come out on top. <laughs> <laughs> no, but do I'll you have a fear for that? Do you if, have a fear? Uh, yes, the fear would be to go into Hagen Dazs and uh, and eat one brilliant thing. Take ages ordering it. Eat one brilliant thing. Enjoy every spoonful. Not feel guilty about anything. And walk out. Um, oh, that okay. Was a... And apologising. What I'd like mm. to do is ring a sort of like someone like, you know, maybe a TV producer or something like that, ask for a meeting or pitch an idea or something without apologising. So I want to ring up and not say, sorry if I'm bothering you, or 
you know, if, if, if only if you've got time. Um, I just had a thought. I don't know if it's worth mentioning. Um, possibly, maybe. It's don't probably do been it. done before. Yeah, that's what I'd like to do. Yeah. What would you like to do? I think, I would say go a, a week without apologizing, without being apologetic. Can I, I need to read the ending of this show out for the podcast. Can we pl- quickly do that? Because I really want to go to the bar. <laughs> I'm very happy to hear any, any other questions as long as the first one is red or white. <laughs> <laughs> with Sophie Hagen, me, Deborah Francis-White, and our special guest, Shafi Gossandi. The recording engineer was Chris Sharp. The producer was Tom Zielinski for the Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Fabian Carlo Photography, as well as Pete and everyone at Rada Studios. For more information about this and other episodes, visit www.guiltyfeminist.com. This is the problem with podcasts and radio. You forget that it's not just us yeah, yeah, yeah. in this room. We can edit out anything you don't want going outside this room and uh, we'll just make a pact that we won't tell the worst excesses of Shafi Kassandis. Just Shappy the dyslexia joke that died. If you could just... Um, no, that. Everything else is Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalised card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com